stuck in our homes But you're not alone Our seven feet and knees We'll shoot the breeze COVID-19 has you down Down So stay with us and hang around Until it all works out Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. How are you today, Dave? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm tired, but you know, it's Monday. So <laughs> definitely, definitely is Monday. That's true. So yesterday, as we were signing off, after we signed off on our podcast, um, you made a remark. I wonder how many people will reach out to us because we did go into the discussion of Black Lives Matter and standing up and things like that. Um, and I did send you one of the emails that we got that, that really resonated with me on how to respond. Um, so I thought today, instead of kind of doing our entertaining or what we try to be entertaining banter between us, uh, we could actually put on our amp hats a little bit and um, talk about this issue. Yep, sounds good. You want to sort of summarize the email we got, or do you want to read it directly? Um, I don't want to read it directly, because I don't know if we really have permission to do that. Yep. Um, but I will say it, that it has to do with, um, it's from an amputee who uh, is a quad, quadrilateral, so both arms, both legs, um, since he became sick um, as a child. So he's had experience you know, in the non-disabled world as well. And and his issue is he was talking with a friend who was an African-American about the riots and the injustices, and he was making a correlation between the, the prejudices that he experiences living with a disability and likening that to the racial divide that's growing in this country and that, that so many people are protesting against. And he was frustrated that his friend didn't I, I think he was frustrated that his friend didn't see eye to eye and kind of um, affirm that that his experiences are similar or on the same level that the African American community and and other minority groups are feeling in this country. Mm -hmm. Did I summarize that correctly? I think so. Okay. I think yeah, it's that sort of lack of. I, I think what was coming out of the email as I read it was just uh, a feeling of frustration that there wasn't an acknowledgement of the similarity or of at some level the uh, and I don't know I'm not I don't want to put this in the in the author's mouth but um, if there was a desired equivalence that wasn't being acknowledged or if it was just a um, lack of sort of simpatico because the issues were perceived as similar but the general the general takeaway was that you know why why isn't there more alignment in some ways right. or, or similar reaction between the two things the the last sentence of this email really struck me and he wrote i'm not trying to diminish racial causes rather i'm just trying to highlight why doesn't the world care about us like that um, and so my first 
and I really hadn't thought about it that much until I got this email. Okay. Um, but, but after pondering it for a few hours, I think that there are some very real differences um, that yes, the, the disability community in general has experienced some level of oppression just when it comes to access, when it comes to perceptions, when it comes to people underestimating us or not giving us a chance or even having access to devices and things like that. However, I, I don't fear driving my car, getting pulled out and getting a knee to the neck simply because I use a prosthesis. So I do think that there are some, some very real world differences when it comes to basic rights over safety versus right. basic rights over access. And I think that that's where the two communities really don't align 100%. I also will say that every time there's been advancements in civil rights, the disability community has always benefited from that. Anytime one community pushes forward, it, it tends to bring up all of the others as well on some level. Yeah, I, I think that, I guess my read on this is that I think there are ways in which the experiences are at least arguably similar. Um, you know, both, both people living with disabilities and uh, people of color in the United States face discrimination. I, I don't, I, I find it very hard to argue as a person with a disability that my experience, at least as a white, white male with a disability um, is in any way comparable to what any African American uh, potentially has to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis systemically and i think that's to me that's the difference it's it's i i think it's just orders of magnitude different in terms of the um in terms of the effect and the history um and, and i think it's i can understand why a person of color hearing that analogy might might very well be resistant to it and would not would not take to that argument and say yeah no i i get it and i, I it's a one-to-one -one ratio right because I, I, I have a hard time getting there myself and that's not to that's again not to diminish the uh it's not to diminish the fact that people in in our community have and do face real uh real discrimination in a lot of different ways but um it, as you said, I think you said it really well when you said the fact that I wear a prosthesis doesn't mean that if I'm pulled over by a cop that my life is at risk. Um, and that that's, you know, and let's again you say the caveat here just so um, people understand that we're trying to be balanced about this. We're not saying that every cop who pulls over a person of color is evil and does horrible things. Um, but clearly there, there are enough documented cases of this in a, in a long history in the United States of violence to people of color that um, we can say that if you were living in that community, clearly um, you, are, you are faced with a very different version of America than uh, what people like you and I, Peggy, confront every day, even with right. a disability. Yeah, I, and I was talking it through with my mom a little bit and she had a really 
very succinct way of saying it in that, you know, I can get frustrated that all the entrances aren't always handicapped accessible and I have to go another route, but at least I'm allowed in the door. So, yep. and that hasn't always been the case. And we're still dealing with a society in many ways where that door, whether or not we want to admit it, whether or not it's not, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about. It's not a pleasant thing as a society to own, but there's still a very, there's very much an us, them, me, you mentality in this country. And, and that is, is why we have these protests today. Yeah. Yeah, I look, it's I was thinking last night because after we talked about the issue last night, <laughs> we we finished recording and I said, do, do you think we're going to get a lot of angry responses to this discussion? Because I, I think it's just, you know, it's a very polarizing issue all the way around. Um, and I as I was thinking last night about things that we might end up having to discuss today as a result of us actually talking about the issue. One of the things that I was thinking about was um, analogous to what the person who wrote that email to you sent. I was sitting there thinking, there are ways in which um, the experience of people with limb loss and the people, of, the people of color in the United States and their experience, both have experienced discrimination at different times and in different ways. Um, but I don't, I think it's a, I think it's a very, I, I think it's incorrect to assume that they are equivalent experiences. And I think I, I, as much as I understand the type of discussion that, that our listener was trying to have and the, and I understand also why, why that person would feel, um, frustrated after that discussion because I am sure that that he has experienced real um, profound discrimination and I think it's as as a quadrilateral amputee you know that's orders of magnitude different than what you and I even deal right. with Peggy so I think you know access in particular is just a radically different issue um, but again there, there's a huge difference I think between the type of discrimination, and yes, there's discrimination in hiring, there's all kinds of discrimination that our community has to confront, um, but it is not it is not at risk of our bodies, it's not at risk of our lives, um, potentially in any interaction on a given day, and uh, that's, I think that for me is the difference. And I say all of this, obviously, as uh, as a white male who's lived in largely white communities and been in largely white schools his whole life and, right. and in white offices. Um, so I, I say this from a place where I probably don't have the, um, you know, I, 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 at some level, I should be shutting up and listening a lot more than I'm talking about it. But, um, you know, obviously our listeners are, are interested in, in sharing their thoughts about it. And I think Given what's going on in the world, it would be um, it would be naive of us to to think that we could ignore the issue and and um, be true to ourselves and um, and I and I do think that um, there the, the we should be I I think in general we should be listening as people who have been subjected to different forms of discrimination we should be listening very carefully to people. 
we're talking about discrimination and widespread systemic uh, discrimination and and the, the threats and impact that has on people's lives. That's something I think we need to, in particular, be very open and receptive to and certainly come at it from, you know, we talked yesterday about being open and closed towards people. We should be very, very open towards people who are sharing those experiences with us. And um, hopefully, even if you don't necessarily agree with every aspect of it, you're sympathetic to it. I think that's exactly. super important right now in this country at this time in particular. I think very well said. Um, the only thing that I, I would add is just because our experiences as individuals with disabilities are not parallel to the experiences that people of color and other minorities feel and have experienced in this country. It doesn't devalue the struggles that you that he's had and that we've had. No, in, in um, no way, in no way. We, we live in a culture of comparison where we're always rating and ranking. And you know, I really encourage people to not do that and to take a step back and and look at the broader picture and right now this is the issue that has the spotlight for for a multitude of reasons um but that doesn't mean necessarily that people have stopped caring about you it does mean i think that we're as a country we're exhausted i think that there's only so much there's only so much that you can really fight and keep pushing on on so many issues until you reach a fatigue point. And between the pandemic and people are dealing with unemployment and joblessness and, and now, you know, what happened to, to Mr. Floyd, um, you know, it, the country's at a breaking point. It doesn't mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the country's at a breaking point, I feel. We're at a crossroads, but it doesn't mean that when we take that, a new path that's being forged that the community of individuals with disabilities aren't going to be taken along and that things are not going to eventually shine light on the issues that we're facing as well. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. I, and, and I think, I hope that the takeaway, certainly the way I feel about these issues, Peggy, um, and I hope the way that every American feels, and clearly some don't. There are clearly some people who are just absolutely in, in a place that I don't understand and that I don't think is acceptable, tenable, respectable. It's, it's just completely nuts from my perspective. But the way I come at this is hopefully, particularly people in our community, but every American should be looking at every other American and hopefully saying, these are, these people are my neighbors, even if they're not in our communities. Um, these people are our neighbors. They are human beings like us, and we all deserve the same level of respect, at least basic respect as human beings. And um, the assumption of good intent as human beings. Um, and and the just basic dignity. I mean, we're talking here about, you know, treating people the way we ourselves would like to be treated. And if everyone truly acted that way, this would be a very different country. Um, Absolutely. And right now, I, I, I was talking to my dad. My dad's in his mid-70s. And so he was, um, he was just out of college in the late 60s when 
um, we had this, I think it's probably the last time we had this level across the country consistently over an extended period of time of uh, this kind of um, schism and, and chaos. And, um, you know, he was, he, he was saying that this is, um, it's not quite as bad as that in his view, but it's, it's very scary. And, um, I, I think, I think for me, it just comes back to let's all, let's all be a little bit kinder to each other. Let's be a bit more compassionate. Let's try to see people, you know, I think I, I, if I were having a discussion with a person of color who was going to talk to me about this, I wouldn't be saying much of anything. I would just be listening and I wouldn't be trying to draw comparisons probably between my experience and theirs because I think I think it's very just like and think of how upset some of our listeners get and how upset you and I have gotten at different times when yep. able-bodied people try to we say something, they're like, oh, that's very analogous to something I've experienced. And we're like, no, right. no, I you're not I sprayed my ankle disabled. last year yeah. and I was hurt. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's like, frustrating. Right, because it's it's offensive to us, right? It's like, well, that's not living with a disability. Right. That's like, yeah, you hurt yourself temporarily, but it's orders of magnitude different. And just as we, I think people in our community react that way appropriately, I think we should be acknowledging that for people of color, um, it's exactly the same issue when we try to analogize and say, yeah, well, my missing a limb or my being less than fully mobile is analogous to systemic oppression that started with slavery in the 1700s in the United States. Those two things just are very different things, even though there are some areas of overlap, but they're not they're not a one to one ratio. Very well put. I absolutely agree. Um just do a lot of listening. I think anytime you try to, to draw comparisons, even well-intentioned, even if it's with a good friend trying to just have a conversation, it, it comes off as devaluing that person's experience. And, yeah. and that's part of the issue. I agree. Yeah. Listen, listen, learn, learn how we can be better learn how we can all get along better, learn how we can just be kinder to each other as people, because that's what we need. Yep, yep. All right. I don't I don't have anything to add to that, Peggy. I think that's a good note to wind up on today. Difficult, really difficult subject, and these are these are scary times, um, but these but are- But I do appreciate issues. the email. I do appreciate the email and sparking this conversation because I'm sure that that a lot of people in our community are feeling something very similar. So thank you. Yep. yep. Thanks for sending it in. And, and people, amped army members, let's let's be an army of peace and an army of kindness. And let's let's keep our ears open and um, let's be kind to our neighbors right now. Um, every little bit of kindness, especially now, is appreciated more than you know when you when you exhibit it. And hopefully it'll be repaid in kind. Absolutely. All right, All Dave, right, we'll talk Peggy. tomorrow. Bye. Bye. We're stuck in our home.